Now we're rolling Damage Plan MMA Podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm back with Blake Arulian. Zach is uh, he's a little time crunch now, you know? He's got a big boy job. He's got to punch in, punch out, you know? He'll, he'll be back later today, though, right? He'll be back later today, yeah. We have an interview uh, later this afternoon with Mike Jones. I'm really excited about that one. And, yeah, you know, life, is, life has been kind of crazy the last couple months for both of us. So we've been trying to scramble around how we're going to get this podcast back up rolling again. Thankfully, we have you to help fill in here. <laughs> love, love being here, man. Absolutely love being here. So, heck yeah. So, we got a huge card this Saturday, UFC 280. Yeah. We've been waiting for it. Two, what's that? We've got two huge cards. We've got two huge cards. <laughs> we, we're, well, we're going to start off the day with UFC 280 because it starts at what time does it start? Like 11 our time? I believe, I believe the main card starts at noon. Main card starts at noon, uh, 10 a.m. So the card starts at 10 a.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. So prelims start at 8 a.m. Yep. Mountain Standard Time. I cannot wait. It it is, it is such a good card. And I also I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like it has been months since we had like a really good card. I mean, the last pay per view was good, but the last pay per view was almost two months ago. I know it's crazy. So to be, we've been kind of we've been kind of spoiled. We have we have been spoiled. We definitely have been spoiled. But these last couple of weeks with fight weeks off, and then um, some some, I think this last week was pretty solid of a card. But it wasn't anything to write home about. But this one is the one that everyone's been waiting for. So I'm super excited for it. They've been dangling the carrot in front of us for months. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. Now it's here. Now yeah, it is here. I, I don't know about you, but I am already like so deep into like the embedded and the UFC connected and all that stuff. I have been watching so much stuff about our every interview you can find. I've been watching about these guys. I mean, I just can't wait. Tomorrow's media day. That's like, that's like your jam, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. So it, it, I can't wait. It's going to be so good. So the question is, Blake, when can we get a media day for fierce fighting championship? We need to have a media day. That is that is something that I think could be a huge plus for for fierce. I, I really would love for that to be incorporated. I think that fierce has the platform and it has enough of a backing um, by by local MMA fans and things like that, that that it's something that we could get a KSL, a channel Two, and ABC to be coming to. Um, yeah. So, so that's definitely something that, that I'm hoping that we can create um, sometime in the near future. Um, but yeah, we'll see how things go. But but I definitely think that a media day um, and things like that and just just getting getting the, the fierce word out there a little bit more. I think I think yeah. that's, that's definitely doable. So. I think we're starting to see it. We saw a little bit. Uh, we had the most ticket sales we've ever had at the Maverick Center at, the, at our last event. I was I was gonna say, do you remember when we were calling the fights? And I turn around and I go, "Oh my gosh, Jason, look at how many people are here!" Oh, it was it was crazy. It was crazy. It, it was a little. I mean, from my view, it was a little hard to see because the the way we were situated. Usually, we're usually we have our backs to one of the sides, and this time we we had tables behind us, which it's it's loud. But being able to look off to the sides and see in, in front of us, it, it was crazy, man. It was a great it, night. It was an unbelievable night. And seriously, I mean, we've got this one on Saturday, and then two weeks from now, we've got another one. So we're we're running and gunning. I just finished running yesterday all of my boards, so those are ready to go. 27 pages of notes for this one. So we are – For we the are, Challenger Series? 
let me tell you, I have never had such a hard time trying to just get these like fighter, try to get these boards finished up because there's so many debuters and some of them, you know, have private social media accounts and that's totally fine. Yeah. I've been reaching out to coaches. I've been reaching, it, it's taken me almost a week and a half just to get these ones done. So it's awesome. It's going to be an awesome night. So we get fights. We got pay-per-view all day during the day. And then we get to drive down to Orem and we get to call fights for yeah. first challenger series. Oh my gosh. You better believe it. I, oh my goodness. I can't wait. I, I, I have been looking forward to this weekend for a very long time. So it's going to be fun. You were, you called the last fierce challenger series one, right? I did. Yes. That was the one when Joel and I did it together. That's and right. You, That's you right. In on a couple of them. That crowd was electric. It's such a confined space. It's a high school yeah. gym, but so many people came, especially, and what this card did so well, like we did in the last one, was there's six Agima fighters, and I believe there's three Wasatch combat kits. So just between the two big gyms down there yeah. in Provo Orem area, we've got half the card. And so, so many people are coming to support. Their entire teams are there to show out, as well as so many others. And by the end of it, you've got a gym packed full of people and then we just blow the roof off the place considering how fun and exciting these fighters are. So it's going to be a blast. You know what was fun was how they had the fighters behind the bleachers up top. And they had the little walkway that the guys could walk out and watch uh -huh. their teammates fight. It was cool looking up there and seeing like all the Agima guys standing out, you know, guys that are getting ready to fight two or three fights down the, down the card. And they're out there watching their teammates fight and cheering them on. It, that was pretty that was pretty cool to see that, too. I love the Mountain View venue. I think it is such a perfect place to do Challenger Series, a show that's not as big as the Maverick show because, or the yeah. Maverick Center shows because they're not nearly as many pros on the card or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's the perfect place to just get MMA, get people talking about MMA, I should yeah. say. And, and I mean, I'm at the point now where I talk to people or I post something about Fierce and I have multiple people reaching out to me saying like, I hear these fights are so sick. Like, can like where can I get tickets and things like that? And, and so it's becoming a bigger thing, which I'm really excited about. So it, that's it's, awesome. It's really good. I and so I'm excited for Challenger Series. I can't wait for the November 5th card. I think we might unveil the entire card on the pay per view. That's something that Jordan and I've been talking about. Um, something to do oh, during our mission. So that would be pretty card. freaking cool. Yeah, that's I a stack. That's a pretty stacked card. It's it's it's. There's so many good fighters, and there's so, the matchups to me. I mean, Zach's not here, but hats off to Zach, man. When, like, how many times have we looked at fights and we've gone, oh, I don't know how this one's going to go, or oh, I don't know if this one's like the best matchup, and then it turns out to be the fight of the night. Like, like, how yeah. many times has Zach done that just in the last five months? Like, they've been, it, they've it's been great. Times. He's done a great job, and so yeah, that's going to be a burner the return of Kent Mafaleo after getting in a fight with a F-350 oh my God. a couple months ago. Yeah. What a promo that was. That was that a was, beautiful cut. That was awesome. Yeah. We got a few others in the pipeline too that are going to be, yeah. I can't we're, wait for it. We're bringing it, man. I absolutely can't wait for it. It's going to be great. All right. Should we break down this card? Let's break down this card. I can't wait. UFC 280, baby. Let's get it going. You know what? You're going to have to give me two seconds because I need my drink. I cannot no do my podcast without my energy drink. Let me go grab my drink. <laughs> Hang no on. Worries. No worries. Let's break down the Challenger Series just a little bit. A couple of the ins and outs, the X's and O's. We've got 11 fights 
We've got nine amateur MMA bouts. We've got one amateur championship bout. We've got a kickboxing match to kick off the night. 22 fighters in total. We've got 11 debuters between our kickboxing and MMA matches. We've got 17 local fighters out of Utah between Salt Lake, Cedar City, Sandy, Syracuse, Orem, Kaysville, and Provo. And then we've also got fighters coming out of Vegas, Idaho, as well as Boca Raton, Florida. So it's a stacked card um this weekend at fierce challenger series but jason's back with his energy drink so let's get back in i had to get hey shameless plug for these ghost swedish fish flavored energy drinks i've seen those are those oh, are man. They good they're dangerous they're really dangerous. they are dangerously good yes so i'm not an energy drink guy um yeah i i, I don't really feel affected by caffeine unless i'm like doing like pre-workout or something like that mm-hmm. um but but so i've never really tried them but it does I mean, I know you're a big energy drink guy, and those look really good. Every time I see them, I'm like, what are those? I, see, mine's not necessarily for the – I mean, I say it's not for the caffeine, but come on. We know it's for the caffeine. But I usually drink the White Monsters, and I have loved those. I uh-huh. drink them all through my competition preps, getting ready for shows, and I always would try the new ones. Yeah. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to always go back to the White Monster. Mm-hmm. Somebody turned me on to these. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> I love it. Let's get into these fights, Jason. All right, UFC 280, baby. We're starting off the night in the prelims. We are starting in the women's bantamweight division. We're bringing you Lena Landsberg against Carl Rosa. Uh, The elbow queen is 10 and 6. She stands 5 foot 7 with a 65 and a half inch reach. Rosa, 15 and 4. She stands 5 foot 5 with a 67 and a half inch reach. Blake, how do you see this one playing out? Looks like Rosa's a pretty heavy favorite at a two and a half to one. Uh, favorite comeback is plus 200 for Lanesburg. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I do believe Carol Rosa is, is is definitely deserving of that of that heavy money line. Um, I think she's the better fighter. Um, I don't know much about <laughs> Lena Landsberg, but I do know... Um, <laughs> the elbow queen. Um, I, I definitely think that that uh, Carol Rosa is is going to be winning this fight. That, that's just me. Um, but yeah, what about you? Who do you, how do you see this one playing out? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna echo what you said on that. I like Carol Rosa. I think she's fought the better competition. She's beat the better competition. Um, she's the younger fighter. Uh, Father Time catches up to everybody, and Lasberg is at the ripe early age, young age of 40 years old. Yes. Oh, nothing yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Good. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but I see Rosa winning this fight. Uh, let's go up next. Ooh, this should be a love. This kid in the flyweight division we got Mohammed Mukayev against Malcolm X Gordon Mukayev 7 and 0 he stands 5 foot 7 with a 70 inch reach Gordon 14 and 5 he stands 5 foot 70 with a 70 inch reach as well uh Mukayev a huge favorite 7 to 1 favorite the comeback is plus 500 for Gordon how do you see this one playing out Blake got to go with Mukayev again i mean just just an absolute brawler absolute animal from pretty much from most places and and so i i really I really think Mokayev is going to be one of those names that we remember and one of those names that we're, we're looking at uh, a couple years down the line in terms of belt contention. And so uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to see. I remember, so I went to uh, UFC, was it 235? It was uh, Usman versus Covington 1. Okay. And it was Kaikar France and Brandon Moreno on the early prelims. And I believe that this is a similar type of flyweight uh, matchup where you in a couple of years, we're going to be looking at this and be like, wow, they were on the early prelims. Like, that's crazy to think about. 
But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Muhammad Mukayev on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Mukayev. I think he's kind of he's the next thing at, at 125. This kid's only 22 years old. Um, I expect him to uh, win in highlight real fashion in this one. Yeah, no, I can't wait for that one. All right, next up in the middleweight division, we got Armin Petros, Petrosian against AJ Dobson. Superman is six and two, stands six foot three with a seventy-one inch reach. Dobson six and one, stands six foot one with a seventy-six inch reach. Uh, Petrosian coming in as the moderate favorite at minus two twenty. The comeback plus one eighty for Dobson. Blake, how do we see this one playing out? You know, I, I think one of the interesting things that, that we're going to be seeing here is, is Dobson's reach. There is a significant reach advantage there for Dobson, but I do think that Armin is the better fighter. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Armin on this one. Again, another one where I don't know a whole ton about either of them. There's a lot of new faces, lots of fighters with either one fight, maybe two fights in the UFC, not a ton of experience, but I do think Armin gets his hand raised in this one. Um, but I, I'm very excited for this one. I'm excited to see what AJ Dobson can do. And if he can hold his own against Armin, it goes to show how talented he, he is. And, and, you know, we'll see where he stands in the middleweight division after this one. But I'm going to go with Armin for this one. This, this, I think this is going to be closer than what a lot of people think. Um, Dobson, like you said, has a five-inch reach advantage. Uh, I was going to use my – I usually fade the Contender Series guys. Um They've tended to not do so well uh, coming into the UFC, but both mm -hmm. guys, both contender series guys, uh, Dobson had a tough fight after his contender series wins against Jacob Malkoon. Um, and Petrosian, he ended up winning against Gregory Rodriguez in a split decision after his contender series. So I'm going to go with Petrosian. I think it's a close fight. Don't be surprised if uh, Dobson pulls an upset, though. Have we have we disagreed on a single fight? <laughs> No, not yet. I'm sure we will. I'm this sure is, we will. This is what we do. This is why we need Zach because you and I just agree on everything. We, you know what? I think we did the last time we did this card too. We just kind of agreed on everything. <laughs> Zach just likes to disagree with me, just to disagree with me. It's not that cool. is very fun to watch, though. Yes, I will. It's say not. That. It's not cool. Not cool. All right. I don't even know who to pick on this one because I usually always pick the Russians. We got in the welterweight division. We got Abu Bakar and Nurmagomedov against. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce this guy's name. Omar Gachiev, Gachiev, Gachiev. Omar Gachiev. Omar Gachiev. I'm going with Omar Gachiev. You're going um, with Omar on this one. You're taking I, the underdog. I, I am. I, I I am gonna take the underdog on this one. Um, Abu Bakar. I believe he's the cousin of Habib. Um, very very solid fighter himself. But I I, I do believe that that Gadzi is is uh is the better fighter. Um, not by a whole lot. I think that this is a very tough fight to call. Um, two very dominant Russian fighters. We're excited to see what happens in it, but um, I do think that that Godsey does get his hand raised in this one. Ooh, okay, I'll disagree. I'm not betting against a Nurmagomedov. Just can't do it. Just can't do it. I definitely get that. I I I, I don't blame you one bit. So Abu Bakar was actually supposed to fight Phil Rowe a couple of months ago. Oh. And then that fight got canceled uh, due to an injury. I'm not sure on which side. And now Phil Rowe is going to be fighting. Um, is going to be fighting. Oh, who is he fighting? Um, I can't remember the name right now. But Phil Rowe just got a fight announcement, and he's going to be fighting in December in Orlando, where he trains out of. So. Okay. Okay. I like it. You got to interview Philip Rowe. I did. He was. 
we were supposed to go like 15 minutes. We went for 45 minutes. Oh, wow. He's the coolest guy. He is one of the coolest guys. I'll tell you that. All right. Let's get back to this in the featherweight division. We got Zubara Takugov, the warrior against Lucas Almeida. The warrior is 25 and one. He stands five foot eight with a 68 inch reach. Almeida 14 and one. He stands five foot 11 with a 71 inch reach. How do you see this one playing out, Blake? This one is really tough. You've got Lucas Almeida, who's got a very pretty record. You've got Zubara, who has a 20 and five record, 25 and one. Um, but with those five losses, the majority of them, at least recently, have been split decision losses. They've been very close fights. And so I think that he's not nece- that his record doesn't necessarily portray exactly what his fights look like and what he's had to deal with in the UFC. He's had some very tough matchups already. Um, I'm going to say he gets his hand raised here versus Lucas Almeida. I think it's a close one, and I'm not too bullish on it, but I think that if I were to flip a coin, I'd, I'd, I'd land on Zubara for this one. I am going to echo what you said and go with Zubara as well in this one. All right, next up in the light heavyweight division, we got Volkan Ozdemir against Nikita Krylov. No time, Ozdemir, 18 and 6. He stands six foot two with a 75 inch reach. Krylov, the minor, 28 and 9. He stands six foot three with a 77 and a half inch reach. Uh, who's the favorite in this? Krylov is a minus 170 favorite, comeback mm. plus 145 for Ozdemir. How do you see this one playing out, Blake? So we have Nikita Krylov, who is coming off of that huge knockout of Alexander Gustafsson. Does that raise your stock? Absolutely. But you've got to think about where Gustafsson is at right now. I look at Vulcan Uzdemir as the better fighter in this one. I think it's a difficult matchup for both fighters, but I do think Uzdemir is the better fighter more in his... I, I, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. This is one of the most exciting bouts on the prelims, I think outside of the headliner of the prelims, Sean Brady versus Bilal Muhammad, this is probably going to be the closest fight. And I also think it's going to be one of the better fights. I'm going to go with Uzdemir in this one, but I don't think it's by much. I think it's maybe by the thin, by the skin of their teeth, Vulcan Uzdemir probably getting his hand raised here. I, I could be wrong, though. I mean, it's a fantastic matchup between the two of these. And again, Nikita Krylov, as hot as ever right now, could be getting a huge win over a future Hall of Famer like Alexander, or already a Hall of Famer in Alexander Gustafson, I should say. I'm going to echo, and once again, I'm going to I'm going to go with you and go with the underdog and go with Ozdemir in this one. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a good matchup. Thought we were going to disagree, but we're not. <laughs> All right, let's get to the middleweight division. We're still on the prelims. These prelims are stacked. Yeah, they are. Uh, we so have Mahmoud Uradov against Kyle Baralo, the natural. Uh, Muradov is 25 and seven stands six foot two with a 75 and a half inch reach. Baralo is 12 and one. He stands five foot 10 with a 75 inch reach. Uh, Baralo is a minus 220 favorite to come back plus 180 for Muradov. How do you see this one playing out? So here's, I think one of the reasons why he is the favorite going into this one, he's faced a lot of these, these Russian fighters who, who one are very, very talented. We've seen that over and over again. Yeah. But but the big thing about about um, him is that he's faced them time and time again, and he's continued to beat them. He's beaten Armin Petrosian, who's on this card earlier. We talked about yep. him. Um, he's beaten uh, Godzi Omar. G- I mean, he's he's faced some of the toughest guys um, that that the UFC has to offer, and and he's been able to get decision wins over them. Uh, and, and so it just goes to show 
how talented he is. Um, I'm very excited for this one, but I do think that Kyle gets gets his hand raised once again in Abu Dhabi this weekend. Um, I think that also this is going to be one of those ones that kind of people go, oh, who is this guy? And you realize, oh, my gosh, he's won his last three fights against very, very tough competition. He's going to get a big step up in competition in this next one, I believe, if he gets his hand raised on Saturday morning. I, I, yeah, I agree. I, I'm a huge fan of Barallo. He, he's, I think he's the real deal at 185. He's going to be, he's going to be a problem. Can All right. And to round off the prelims, I, that, yeah, this is crazy. This card is the feature bout on the prelims. We got Bala Muhammad against Sean Brady. Muhammad is 21 and three. He stands five foot 11 with a 72 inch reach. Brady, 15 and 0, stands 5 foot 10 with a 72 and a half inch reach. So these guys are pretty much dead even. The odds are pretty much a coin flip, plus 115, uh, minus 140. Brady is the slight favorite in this one. How do you see this one playing out? You know, I, I still haven't made a decision, and I've been, you know, doing my homework on this card. I've been looking at this card. I don't, I, I, I really don't know. And, and, and I don't mean to say that in terms of like, I, I'm going to come up with a pick at some point when I'm talking about this right now, but you've got Sean Brady, who's who's undefeated. He's faced some very, very tough competition. He actually hasn't fought in 11 months. His last fight was back in yeah. November against Michael Chiesa. Um, you've got Bilal Muhammad, who has just skyrocketed. And, I mean, he has beaten some very, very high-level guys. And and it's been a while um, since we've seen a guy just, just skyrocket the way that Bilal has. I mean, beating the likes uh, of Steven Thompson. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of different fighters that, that Bilal has, has just kind of easily beaten recently. And it's been very fascinating to, to watch. Um, I think Sean Brady is going to be fighting for the title relatively soon. I think Sean Brady is, a, I think it's, oh, it's such a close fight. I think Sean Brady is the better fighter. I mean, I just think about this too. Like Sean Brady I know it was a grappling match, and I know it was particularly his wrestling that got him yeah. through, but Sean Brady beat Craig Jones in a grappling match. I mean, this is – it just goes to show. They couldn't they couldn't leg lock in that one, though, if I remember right, right? That is true. That is true. I believe so. So it was kind of like a, there was – I know there was a special rule in that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. Like, he, yeah. he did – I mean, he couldn't do anything. Craig Jones couldn't do anything. But it's like you're kind of taking Craig Jones' biggest weapon away – yeah, with those with those leg locks, but still. Oh, that's such a tough fight to call. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say Brady, but I'm not bullish on it whatsoever. That is such a good fight, and I think I think the winner of this gets the gets the cemented in um, pound for pound number one fighter or pound or or uh, next up for the title. I guess I should. You say. think there? You think the winner of this is next up? Not next up. I think they get in the fight that's going to be next up. But that welterweight, that welterweight division. I mean, for for a while there, it wasn't one of the like sexy divisions. But now you start looking at it. You got Leon Edwards at top. You got yeah. Kamara Usman, Colby Covington, Chimaev. I mean, coming Rock up Rock through Rock the ranks, you got Rachmanov is probably my favorite up and coming fighter right now. I love watching that guy fight. He's, he's terrifying. And then, yeah. And then I, I, I think I think uh, Hamzad is going to be an 85er from now on, but we'll, we'll see I agree. there. Yeah. Um, but I think Sean Brady and Bilal Muhammad are right in that mix as well. And so I do too. Bilal Muhammad's one of those guys. He doesn't like. He, he doesn't 
hits you with these highlight reel knockouts or submission. He just grinds out wins. Yeah. Uses his wrestling. He grinds out. He makes the fight ugly, and he he wins. Yeah. How is Sean Brady going to respond to that? I, 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 I'm torn in this one as well. It's I'm so slight, slight lean to Sean Brady because, like you, I think he's kind of the next. He's one of the next big things in in that welterweight division. And uh, yeah, man, watch watch out. So I I think Sean Brady ends up pulling this out tough. You know, three round kind of ugly decision, but I think Sean Brady ends up getting it done. It's it's going to be a tough one, and and I think I think of every fight on this card, um, at least of the bigger ones that we know of. Obviously, we don't know the 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 early prelim people nearly as well as we know a Sean Brady and a Bilal Muhammad. But I think yes. it's easily the closest fight on the card. I I don't I I really don't know who it's going to be, and I've watched both of these guys for years now. Neither does Vegas. It's pretty much a coin flip. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's start off this main card with in the flyweight division. We got Caitlin Chikagian against Manon Farut, uh, the blonde fighter, 18 and four. She stands five foot nine with the 68 inch reach. The Beast, nine and one. She stands five foot seven with the 66 inch reach. Excuse me. How do you see this fight playing out? Farut is a minus 190 favorite. The comeback is plus 160 for Chikagian. Both, both fighters are, are very very high level i think i think this is this fight has very like big title implications um i think caitlin chukagian is a very very good fighter i i I think caitlin does get her hand raised in this one i think i i am gonna go with the underdog here um i think she's faced tougher competition in the past but i do know that her opponent is very very game i think this is going to be one of the top female fights of the entire year. Um, I, I, I think that it's going to be absolute fireworks from start to finish. And I think Caitlin is going to get her hand raised in this one. Man, I thought I was going to just throw a curveball to you on this one. And uh, I, I like Kagan. I kind of like her too. I, I like the experience. I like that she's fought the tougher competition. Um, you know, how is Farouk going to, how is she going to respond when, when this fight goes to the ground? Because most of her fights have all ended on the feet. Mm-hmm. She's, she's either knocking them out, TKOing, head kick punches. Um, I think Chikagan makes this fight ugly. And I think she takes Farouk into some deep waters. I'm going to echo what you said, and I'm going to go with the underdog on this one as well. There is, there, there's, there's high title implications for this one. Caitlin's been talking about getting a title shot for a very long time. We'll, we'll see what happens in this one, but but I'm very excited for that to kick off the main card. And then now we've got the big four-headed monster that everyone <sighs> is talking about. Let's get into these ones. Oh, Man, my this, goodness. Let's get into I, them. I was just talking to somebody at work about this next fight, this lightweight fight between ben, uh, Benny Darouche and Matsuts uh, Gamrot. And he's like, oh, Darouche is going to just, just dismantle this kid because you haven't really heard much of Gamrot, right? You don't really – think of him as a big name. His last win against Sharukin was a huge win. Yeah. Um, I'll run through the stats real quick. Darus 24, uh, 21, four and one. He stands five foot 10 with a 72 inch reach. Gamrot 21 and one. He stands five foot 10 with a 70 and a half inch reach. I mean, you got to think the winner of this fight is, is next up in line. Uh, who do you got in this one? How do you see this one playing out? This is another tough one, and I think I'm going to go against the grain a little bit here, and I'm going to say I think Gamrot's a better fighter. I think he's a fresher fighter. Um, I think Benny 
as much as I like Benil Daryush and how good he has looked on this run that he's been on, I do think that there's something about um, a couple. Not he hasn't been in a ton of wars by any means, but he's yeah. been in a fair share of them. I, I do think Gamrot um, gets his hand raised here. I think it's going to be a very, very close fight, and I do think that both of these fighters are. Um, we should bring Zach online. I think. That's I mean, really I'm fun. I'm emailing him right now. I would I would love to have Zach on here because then he could tell me what, how stupid I am for my pick. <laughs> For every reason and, and we invite set we send him the invite we'll get him on to help with the breakdowns of these last few but but i i do i do like gamrot in this one um i think it's incredibly close and i think that who knows i mean benil daryush reportedly has felt kind of disrespected with volkanovsky becoming the backup fighter and things like that um obviously uh benil daryush uh has kind of been out for a while i can't remember the last time he fought but it's been it's been quite some time since he last fought um, and, and Gamrod has been a little bit more active. I know you're big on Gamrod as well. Um, and so <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to go with Gamrod. I think it's close. Luke, if you're going to take, uh, if you're going to bet on this fight, I, I wouldn't, it's going to be a very, very close one. Uh, but we'll see what I'm happens. I'm over here taking notes for the parlay. Uh, Darush, um, has not fought in a year and a half. Uh, yeah. May 15th last year, he fought Tony Ferguson. It was that uh, his last fight. He was scheduled to fight Islam back in February. I don't know if that's when he had his surgery. I think he had, didn't he have like ankle surgery or something, if I'm not mistaken? I can't remember. I can't remember how that fight. Oh, thank goodness. We've got the man back. Guy, what's up? You guys are screwing it up. We're screwing it up. Definitely skipping this. <laughs> like, tell like, us, tell us how we're screwing this up, Zach. No, All I, right, so give us your take. What do you got, Darush or Gamrot? Um, I'm taking Benny Darush. I, dude, I think Gamrot. This is his. Gamrot's never faced anybody as high level as Darush. I get that. Darush has looked phenomenal against other high level guys. Uh, shout out Ramsey Najim. I believe that's one of his his losses. Um, but uh, yeah, Darush has been there with been there for a long time and is the type of guy that I think would have, you know, I think he would have beaten stylistically the Conor McGregor's, the Eddie Alvarez's, the, you know, Tony Ferguson before he beat Tony Ferguson. Um, I think there's a case to be made that Benny Dariush stylistically could have been one of the hardest matchups for Khabib if their paths would have crossed. Uh, not saying he would have beat him, but stylistically, his wrestling and his and he has the ability. To, he has bricks in his hands. He puts people's lives out. He does. Like don't watch his fight to close. Like he has a chin. He has he he can strike with good strikers, but man, he can wrestle too. And I just don't think I just. I'm not saying Gamrot's a one-trick pony, but what happens when if Gamrot can't get top position on Dariush? Yeah, it's forced to be on the feet. I think Dariush wins. I don't more know. Ways, I'm, not more ways slam, I'm not saying it's a slam dunk. And Fiji, don't you dare even put this fight in a parlay. That's that is not responsible. <laughs> Dude, do not put this fight in a parlay. Yeah, it's don't put this close. fight in a parlay. Too close. Yeah. But I'm picking. All right. I, I'm picking Benny Darius. I'm a huge fan of Benny Darius. I like Gamrot. Right, I'm going. 
Yeah, Gamrot, his win against Sarukin, which I thought was a super close fight and could have went either way, was pretty impressive to me. I thought he lost that fight when I was watching that last Yeah, I did too. I mean, which um, losing losing that close to Sharukian isn't a bad thing either. Sharukian's no. the probably the the only guy that's taken round that you feel like could can hang with the guys that are fighting in the main event, right? Yeah, yep. All right, let's uh let's break down this Peter Yan Sean O'Malley fight. We got Peter Yan 16 and 3 stands 5 foot 7 with a 67 inch reach. Sugar Sean 15 and 1 stands 5 foot 11 with a 72 inch reach. Uh Zach, I know you're getting ready to go to an appointment. Let's go to you first. Uh dude. I can't believe that so many people think that Sean O'Malley has a chance to a good chance in this fight. And I keep Thank hearing you. people like don't count out Sean O'Malley. He's long. He's rangy. Not any more than Sandhagen. And Jan handled that just fine. And I don't, man, I don't know. I, I think this is a bad night in the office for O'Malley. Really bad. I, I think people forget that Jan, a lot of people thought Jan won that fight against Aljo. And, and if that's the case, Jan is still the champion right now. Which he didn't. I, I don't think so either, but a lot of people do think so. And, and yeah. it, it was a close fight. And, and so Jan, just, just, you know, a few months ago was looked at as this scary, you know, terrifying figure in the bantamweight division. And now... People are looking at him like, oh, yeah, he, I think Sean O'Malley is better than him. I think Sean O'Malley is going to whip something out. Why? Because he hangs out with the Nelk boys? Like, there's nothing about what Sean O'Malley does. Nothing. We've, we've seen it. We've seen him face these higher-level guys. Like, people say, like, Sean O'Malley hasn't faced any higher-level guys. Well, he lost to Cheeto Vera. And, yes, he was doing well in that fight. But as soon as something went, you know, the other way for Cheeto, that fight was finished pretty quickly. We saw what was going on with Pedro Munoz. Not a lot being thrown and not a very exciting fight in general. Let, like, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, let me, uh, let, let me uh, pose, pose this to you, too, on the, uh, the Cheeto fight. Um, I've seen Peter Yan in dog fights. Right. I, I have never seen O'Malley get into a dog fight and come out on the other side. He's, he's very much, he appears very much to be a front runner. When things are going good, He's really, really good. But if things aren't going so good, it gets a little dicey. I also worry that Sean has been so anxious to show his ground game, but I don't know how much wrestling he has. I know he's a bit, I think he'd be one of those guys who wants to show his jujitsu off of his back and then realize, oh shoot, I'm fighting someone like Peter Yan. I don't want to be on the ground right now, but the foot trips of Peter Yan and things like that, we could see this fight go to the ground and Sean's going to be so confident on his back, and then realize, oh shoot, I actually shouldn't have been so confident off my back. Uh, yeah, he'll lose around quick. The to Fiji's point there, um, and I will say this: Jan is a master of picking up the pace in the third, fourth, fifth round. He's like a tidal wave, right? He'll 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 throw away the first round, round and a half, to get his timing and everything. He won't have that ability in this because it's a three round fight. He's going to have to get going a little bit earlier. But we've seen him do just fine against, like, Uriah Faber, right? If you go rewatch that fight, he kind of starts it off slow. He just doesn't fill it out as long, and then he just goes to work faster. But that second and third round, the pace that he can put on, it's, it's, it's a rough night for anybody. 
let me just throw this to you guys because I agree with everything you guys are saying. Could this be one of those fights where everybody is on Yan and O'Malley comes in there and ends up pulling off some clips him with a check hook or something and drops him? Nope. I, because I'm hearing every I'm hearing tons of people on O'Malley. A lot of people are still on O'Malley. That's the thing. A lot of people think that O'Malley. But I will say this: How it's funny what I don't it would be. I don't understand it. Can you imagine the rise to stardom that this guy, if he beats the Peter Yan, like where this guy is going, like he's going to skyrocket. Oh, he gets a title shot. People, people Ooh. were, I believe it was Dana who said that Sean O'Malley is on the cusp of being yeah. as big as Conor McGregor. And I yes. think that this fight is kind of, I wouldn't say it's nearly the same because Connor was fighting Chad Mendez and, and other bigger fighters uh, on the way up, but this is similar to when Sean o or when Connor McGregor fought Jose Aldo. And so if if Sean was able to go in there and knock out Peter Yan in you know under 20, 30 seconds, he would absolutely blow up. I absolutely agree with that. And and I'm not gonna lie, it would be crazy if Sean O'Malley landed one of those crisp right hands that he throws and knocks out Peter Yan. But I, I don't think it happens. And I, I definitely, guards but I, but I think Peter Yan is definitely uh, going to be the winner of this fight. I, I, I think it's not even close to be honest. And yes, to answer your question, O'Malley is like a three to one dog. I think he's like a plus. Yeah. He's plus two fifty five. I might just throw it on there. Just throw sprinkle a little bit on O'Malley for the upset win. I agree. Bye Zach. Why not? Zach, you got to go? I guess so. Oh, he got to go. He's at a, I know he had an appointment. I knew he had an appointment coming on. That's why he wasn't on here. But uh, he's missing the best part. I know. Missing the best part. I love when Zach comes on, though. I love his his insight on these things. He's so good at, at, at that stuff. It's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's good at breaking those fights down. Uh, next up in the co-main event. Man, I'm super excited about this fight. Aljamain Sterling against TJ Dillashaw. Sterling 21 and 3 stands 5 foot 7 with a 71 inch reach. Dillashaw 17 and 4. He stands 5 foot 6 with a 67 inch reach. Blake, who do you got, man? I I think of of the big fights that are on this card, I think this is the one that I am least interested in, which is kind of a steamy take. I don't think TJ Dillashaw has it the way that people pretend that he still does. When we talk about TJ Dillashaw, we're talking about 2017. We're talking about 2018. He's had one yep. fight since 2018. Yep. And in that fight, a lot of people thought he lost that fight against Corey Sanhagen. Yep. I don't – and I know it was a fast fight, and I know that wasn't the typical Corey Sanhagen, but we saw what Aljo did to Corey Sanhagen. Yep. I think Aljo is a significantly better fighter. I also think that TJ is not nearly the same TJ that he was four or five years ago. Um, I, I don't, I don't know in what ways that I, I just don't see Aljo losing this fight. And I've definitely thought about this fight a lot. And I've thought to myself, what ways do I see TJ Dillashaw actually beating Aljamain Sterling? And I don't think any of the ways that he does actually that we actually see, like, I think Aljo is very good at, at turning it or, creating his own fight, making it his game and things like that. It's what he had to do to Peter. And as soon as he yeah. did it to Peter, I mean, it was his fight from start to, or not from start to finish, but his back control and all of those things. Um, 
I'm going to say, I'm going to say Aljo and I'm going to say, this is uh, not an easy fight for Aljo, but I think it's easier than what he's been dealing with, with back-to-back fights versus Jan, as well as the neck surgery and things like that. I, uh, you couldn't have said it any better. I, Aljamain Sterling, he won me over with his last fight with Jan. I, I wasn't a huge fan of his. Um, Yeah, I, I just, I just wasn't, I just didn't see it in him. But for him to come back and make the adjustments that he did after going through all that adversity, after getting just slammed online, whether you agree that he should have quit or not, or, or, he, you know, he took the easy way out. Say what you want. You should never he, have that option. No, he, he, he literally came back and showed why he was the better fighter in that second fight. He made the adjustments, and to me, any fighter that that can fight through that adversity and show those improvements. I, I, I'm a huge fan. I, I echo everything that you said. I think I just don't see where Dillashaw wins this fight. I think like, like uh, Fiji said, Aljo's the better grappler. If this goes to the ground, I, I don't think TJ, I don't think TJ can hang. Um, Aljo's big. He's long for the division. Yeah. I, I'm going Aljo. And I, like you said, I don't really think it's that close. And, and like, I've, like I've told you in the past, when they're cutting the highlight reels, where are these highlights from? Aljo's are from yep. this year, last year, the year yep. before that. I know TJ hasn't fought, but TJ doesn't have a whole lot of highlights over the last couple of years. I mean, he has been on the bench for a long time. And so I think what this fight's going to look like, I'll tell you what this fight's going to look like. And Zach would kill me if he was on this call right now. It's going to look like Henry Cejudo versus Dominic Cruz two and a half years ago. That's what yeah. it's going to look like. It's yeah. going to look like, oh, wow, he is the champ. And I don't think TJ is the same TJ that he was five years ago, similar to with Dom when it was like, oh, I, I think Dom's past his prime. Yep. Yep. I I, I agree. Um, matter of fact, I agreed so much that my money is already on Aljo. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my that was one of my that was one of my picks uh one of really? my bets i got one other bet on this card that i that i really i, I like so i, I got to jump on it oh, um God. all right we both we both feel the same on this one i actually think i know where you're going on this one as well main event fight of the century in my opinion two of the top guys in their division charles dubrox Oliveira against islam makachev Dubrox is 33 and 8. He stands 5 foot 10 with a 74 inch reach. Makachev 22 and 1. He stands 5 foot 10 with a 70 and a half inch reach. Blake, what you got, man? So I usually get to the fierce cards about two and a half, three, almost sometimes four hours early just to make sure everything's set and going. Yep. I'm not getting to the fierce cards until this fight's over. I'm just, I'm not coming until the fierce <laughs> cards are over. Like, I love it. You can call the first it. fight without me. I know. No, I, if, if you need me there, I'll be there. But <laughs> there is, I can't remember last time I was this excited. I also think that the drought of great cards has been uh, a reason to be excited for this card. Yeah. I can't tell you how exciting this matchup is when everyone talked about like tony versus khabib for years and years and years this is about as good as we get when it comes to the new generation version of that um i'm going with islam it's a tough tough it's such a tough fight to call it's such a tough fight to decide between the two of them but we have this idea that islam has not done everything he hasn't faced the best guys remember when people tried to make it up that that bobby green had a chance against islam like that was oh, the, come on that was the dumbest yeah. fight night ever and like 
I tuned in, which was so dumb. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. that all being said, we pretend like Dan Hooker wasn't the number five lightweight in the world and had title implications and beat Dustin Poirier in a round. Okay, Zach. Yeah. Okay, Zach. I dropped out. My internet went. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about – I thought you were shaking your head at my pick right now. No. I've got Islam. I've got Islam. We re- we forget that Dan Hooker was the number five lightweight in the world when Islam beat him in under a minute. We forget that Dan Hooker also had beaten Dustin Poirier in one round just a couple of months prior to fight – or just about a year before fighting Islam. Islam has absolutely destroyed and dominated every single person that has been in his path leading up to this fight against Charles Oliveira. And don't get me wrong, I love Charles Oliveira, and I'm rooting for Charles Oliveira. But I do think Islam is the better fighter, and I think it's going to be a fascinating fight. Zach, who do you got? Let's hear who do you take. got? Who do you got? I, 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 I'm not jumping off the Charles Dubronx train. What he's done in his last four or five fights, beating one of the top pound-for-pound for pound fighters at the time in Justin Gaethje, handling him finishing him first round Dustin Poirier he finishes him in the third round who was considered one of the top 10 top five at the time pound for pound fighters in the world he knocks out uh Michael Chandler after facing some huge adversity in the in, at the end of the first round in that fight that was crazy he dominates Tony Ferguson I just think it's hard to bet against him right now his confidence in my opinion is at an all-time high he feels like he's the champ. He feels like he's being disrespected. He's having to travel over to Abu Dhabi in Makachev's, basically in his backyard. And I just, I'm not betting against him until somebody beats him. If Makachev can pull it off, great. But there were some things, I saw somebody made a post, um, shout out Brandon Lemmings made a post about how Makachev in his fight with Tiago Moises, I believe it was the third round, um, he was getting controlled a little bit against the, the, the fence. And, and I know it's a fight and you're going to have your ebbs and flows and whatnot, but there was, there were some holes in there that I, that I think might get exploited by Dubronx. Um, we know from, from past fights, Dubronx is, he's not backing up. He's, he's marching forward. Um, the question is, is can he handle Makachev when it goes to the ground? Is he going to be able to handle that wrestling and that pressure or will Dubronx's jujitsu be able to kind of counter some of that so it's it's a great fight i just i can't bet against dubronx right now he's he's probably on one of the greatest runs of all time honestly he is he is he's literally on one of the greatest runs but i i can't think of another fighter outside of maybe john jones who's been on this big of a at beaten that high of level talent as he's beaten in the last nine fights or whatever however many fight win streak he's on right now nine or ten all right I think we talked about this before, Blake. I I actually think, on paper, this might be the best, biggest fight in UFC history. Like, what both of these, the, the runs that, I don't think we've ever seen two people on runs like they are. The only one that would have been is Tony versus Khabib when Tony had won his gajillion in a row and Khabib was undefeated still. But on paper, this is the biggest fight in UFC history. Resume-wise, right? And both of them aren't just fighting for the title. They're they're fighting for possibly being 
the beginning of or in the middle of the greatest light lightweight run of all time. So there, but there's a, there's a couple things that are sticking out to me on this. And I know a handful of people have said Makachev in some areas. One, Khabib and his team talking trash on Makachev. little out of character for Khabib. On Charles, you mean? No. No, Khabib saying like that they're going to, in that team, they're going to, how easily they're going to beat Makachev. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're going to beat him. Charles. Yeah, yeah beat yeah, Charles. Yeah. little out of character. Don't like that. Two, did you see Charles Oliveira walking a lion in Abu Dhabi? Pretty gangster. Okay, that's a power play move. No sick. He's not afraid of walking me... a lion. He's not afraid to get in a cage with Makachev. Dan Hooker, all these other guys, Bobby Green, those guys that have fought Makachev, I think that they were going in there to do good. Like if you got if you gave him some truth serum, they just wanted to have a good performance and hoping that they could catch him with something, right? Oliver is not going in there to just try and catch him in something. He truly believes that he's gonna go in there and beat this guy. I'm picking Oliveira. I am. I'm picking him. I bet against him. I bet against him against Chandler. I bet against him against Poirier. I bet against him against Gaethje. And it's burned me every freaking time. And I was positive Poirier was going to beat him. I was I remember. positive Gaethje was going to knock him out. Yep. <laughs> Let me... Like, I'm not betting against him again. And if he loses, great. Hats off to Makachev. But here's the other thing. Makachev's not Khabib. Everybody keeps wanting to pretend like Makachev's Khabib. Makachev's not Khabib. Makachev's have, Makachev has lost rounds in the UFC. He has been knocked out in the UFC. And a lot of the stuff that he does, especially ground control and the way he controls people to set up his submissions, I don't believe he's going to be able to submit Oliveira. And Let me... he might... You might get him down, he might control him, and then the buzzer will sound, and then they have to start on the feet again. And I think Oliveira is a lot more dangerous on the feet than Makachev is. That's let true. Me, let, let me pose this question, Blake. Let me pose this question to you. We've seen Oliveira against the, the top-level guys, right? We haven't seen Makachev against these these top five fighters yet. We, we haven't seen that. So are we getting a little – obviously, everybody – you know, your DCs, your Khabibs, hey, Makachev, or Makachev is the next big thing. He's he's legit. He's the guy. How do we know it until we actually, we haven't seen it yet? Because we 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 know of a lot of guys. There's, there's some guys, I won't say any names. There's some guys that I've heard that are straight, legit killers in the gym, sparring, hitting pads. But then when they get in the cage at the, at the big time moment, things don't quite pan out like they did in the gym. I'm not saying that that's Makachev, but could could you see a little bit of that in there? Where, you know, I I totally get what you're saying, but I I don't think so. And the reason why is because Islam's already been around for quite some time. And I also want to yeah, say I am rooting for Charles Oliveira. I want to believe all the things that you guys are saying. I just don't see it. But I completely agree with everything that you guys are saying. Like I am rooting for Charles Oliveira. I hope he's the one that gets his hand raised. It, I mean, either way, it's. I mean, it's a fight. And how about Dana White coming out and saying that the winner, Volk, gets to fight the winner? Oh, I can't wait for that either. I think that's a great fight, too. 
That's a, this is another thing. Gaethje said he's never been hit like that. Dude, I was in the like, room when he said it, and it was yeah. crazy. He was, was like, like, it's like, it's like licking a battery getting hit by Charles yeah. Oliveira, which that's, I thought was very interesting. You're talking with a guy that's been in battery. wars. He's been in, he's been in freaking wars. I said, I'm going to go lick a battery now. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, I mean, Dubrox has been in wars. But that's another thing. Okay, really quick. And this isn't like this isn't like a complete um translation here, but remember when Tony started kind of losing fights? And I'm not gonna say that Charles is gonna start losing fights. He's on this incredible streak and he looks unbeatable yeah. right now. But do yeah. you remember when Tony and Khabib were set up for the last one right at the heat of the pandemic? Yeah. And as soon as Tony started losing fights, after he lost to Gaethje, after he lost uh to Charles and all these different fighters, people were going, Oh man. I guess that Khabib fight wouldn't have been as good as we thought. And I know, I know that I know that Islam isn't Khabib. I know you hate this, Zach. I know. I know <laughs> Islam isn't Khabib, and I know that Charles is not nearly the same fighter as Tony Ferguson because Tony fell off of a cliff, and Charles has not done that yet. I completely get that. But stylistically, I do think that Islam does have some some upside in terms of his ability to control. Everybody says that he's more technical than Khabib. Everybody says that he's just as powerful as Khabib in weight distribution, things like that, when it comes to their grappling. I think Islam actually, I, I do think that Islam is just as good, in my opinion. I do think that he's going to be, I, I think he's going to win the belt on Saturday, and I think he's going to have it for a long time. How dare you? I know. How dare you? If you, if you are suggesting, no, no. Here's the thing. Here, here, here's your the flaw in your whole line of thinking right there. Okay. Oliveira like Tony Ferguson. What changed Tony Ferguson is getting bludgeoned to death for almost five rounds by Justin <laughs> before Herb Dean mercifully stopped that fight. That was sad. Oliveira said, Gaethje said, huh? I'm just going to take your back and choke you out, dude. He's smart enough when he gets hit hard to go to his back and recover rather than just stand there and get bludgeoned to death you, by those bricks. Okay, but do you think that Islam is going to just be okay with with Islam's going to follow Charles to the ground. That's yeah, is that's he? Yes, of course he is. Is that's he? How he wins. Time out. Here's <laughs> Here here Here's a follow. question. If he Here's, follows him to the ground, things are going to get a real interesting real. And again, that's why this is the fight of the year. This is the one of the all best. Of that, dude, if he follows him to the ground, if he, fo if he follows him to the ground, he's giving Oliver. Oh, oh, we lost him again. Oh, and, Blake, let me. Oh, yeah, oh, here we go. I said, if he follows him to the ground, he's giving him a chance that he doesn't have to. Okay, let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this. Does this fight go into the third round? Yes. Does it you does it go? So. Does it go? Know. Does it know. go into the fifth round? No. Okay. How do you? So you you all right, Blake? You picked Islam. How do you see him winning? I I think I think both of these guys are first round finish machines. Whatever. Again, I think it's going to be Islam. But if it's Charles, like Zach said, like I won't be surprised. 
I think both of these guys are going to be looking for the finish as soon as the bell rings in round number one. I don't think it goes to round three. I'd love it for it to go to round three. I'd love for it to be an all-out war. The only thing I'm scared of is that some stupid eye poke happens and the fight gets, you know. How oh, you don't even say put, that, don't put even that, say that Blake. Universe. Everybody heard this clip. If, if it... Edit it. Edit it out. <laughs> Edit this out. You're getting slammed, Blake. You're, you are getting slammed. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't think it ends in the first at all. I could see... I could, I think the writing could be on the wall which way it's going by the second round, though. Because mm. that's where Oliveira, right? He gets dropped, comes back and wins in the second round against Chandler. Um, did he get Gaethje in the first or was that in the second? Second. First. Poirier. Was it? Poirier second, right? It was Gaethje in the first, Poirier in the third. Oh, I thought Poirier Gaethje was early second. No, Gaethje was that, the, Chandler was early second. Three, three, that's Chandler was. Yeah. Chandler so, was really sad. Gates Gates was I, like three minutes and twenty two. It felt like a five round fight, but it was oh, three okay. minutes, like three and a half minutes in. So I think that the first round we're gonna know, we're gonna know. Hmm. I think the second round it's gonna start becoming clear cut, and then I think it's over in the third or fourth. Vegas doesn't think it's Vegas going into the third round. It's plus one hundred. Fourth round plus one sixty five. Fight starts round five is plus two twenty five. Uh, mm-hmm. Makachev. Right, all right, later. So, so Vegas is also saying Makachev inside the distance minus one hundred five. Du Bronx is plus one eighty. Inside the distance. Inside the distance. So obviously Makachev's the favorite, right? They're yeah. but they're thinking they're thinking he he's going to finish Oliveira. I think I think no matter what one of these guys finishes the other. I just you got two guys that they're not gonna back up. That's the cra- that's the crazy thing about this fight is like you know Charles is coming forward and you know Makachev he's he's gonna he's gonna meet him there. Oh, it's so good. Oh, this is like it's huge. So good. Huge. I mean I, I and then I, this and, and then to set up Volk, Volk gets the winner. I mean I, I was just telling Zach last night, I, even if one of these guys dropped out and Volk, Volk jumps in and has yeah. to fight one of these guys right now, I'd be happy. I, I'm still thrilled. I, I Sign can't me wait. up. No, it, Sign it, me it's, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. I, I, It's tough because I do, I completely, I completely understand why people want Charles, like think Charles can win and, and all of those things, but. I don't know. One so years ago, I had a podcast with with one of my buddies, and it was when Poirier and Khabib were about to fight. Yeah, and I had picked Dustin, and my partner had picked Habib. Yeah, and his reasoning was he was like, "We all do this. We pretend like there's some sort of flaw in these guys' games, and yeah. they don't have flaws, and we pretend that there's going to be some magical thing that that happens that that." And he's like, they com- they come in, they dominate the fight, they play their game, and they beat everybody. Yeah. And outside of Islam getting knocked out years ago, he's done exactly that. And I know it's been against much like lesser competition, but yeah, I am very, very interested to see how this fight plays out. And again, I really hope it's Oliver. I oh man, how cool would that be? I'm not. I think it'd be freaking amazing. I. I guess what I'm just not picking against Dubrov with the with the run that he's on right now. Yeah, it's just 
it's hard for me to say I'm going to pick Makachev. I, I, granted, he's he's up there. He's great. He could be the champ for a long time if he ends up beating Oliveira. I just, I, I got to see him do it first. I got to see him against that. I mean, you're fighting a guy that's at the top of his game right now. Hey, does the champion have a name? Champion has a name, and it's Charles Oliveira, baby. Can I tell even you? Dana, even Dana White is saying that. Oh, it's even so Dana White is like, it, it's... That, that is one of the coolest, like, lines, like, ever. And to just be saying it over and over again after he had missed weight, oh, it was so he, cool. That's another thing that kind of, it's like, you can feel the confidence from Charles Oliveira right now. It's like, he's not just, it's, this isn't fake. Like he's, he's a very confident fighter as is Islam. I'm not saying Islam's not, but. So I beat the, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got a buddy who's, who's an MMA reporter and he was Charles, I think was at some event and it was, it wasn't the one where Charles fought, but he was, he was at an event. And so he came and spoke to the media and he came in and spoke to the media. And when he left, John Morgan, all, all these big time MMA reporters, everyone just goes, man, that guy's aura is just different. Like, I don't know what yeah. it is about him, but he's just, he's just at this peak right now. And it is, it, it is so cool to watch. And, and it I, really is. I am, I can't tell you how much I want him to win. Oh my gosh. I want him to win so bad. So I'm, I just, I can't wait for it, man. I just, I cannot wait for it. The champ has a name. And his name is Charles Dubronx Oliveira. And can I tell you also, their translator, the 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 Portuguese translator for the UFC, coolest guy yeah. in the entire world, Fabiano. He? He, yeah, yeah. He is the coolest guy in the like the nicest guy. I DM'd him on Instagram, yeah, the day after media day, thanking him because he he did a really good job interpreting one of my questions for Jose Aldo. Yeah, and he comes up to me during the pay per view. And he starts like just talking shop with me about all these different really? fights. Like nicest guy in the whole world. Super, super cool. And um, no, he's if, if you ever see him in these videos this week when he's interpreting for Charles Oliveira, just know he is the coolest guy in the entire world. And he's so good at his job. He's so good at his job. This is this is gonna be a great Saturday. Oh my gosh. This is gonna be a great Saturday. I gotta work half the day, so I'm gonna have to have this up on my computer. I'm going oh. to bat time with my buddy and then fr- in my suit. I'm going to be in my suit watching these fights in a bar. And then I'm going to go to the fights with. Well, I felt bad because I'm like, I told you, hey, just drive down to my house. It's on the way to the fights. And then I'm like, oh, crap, I got to oh, work okay. on Saturday. It's Saturday in the car business. Come on, man. Oh, man. What am no, I thinking? We know where my head's going to be at all day. Oh, yeah. No. There, there's, <laughs> as soon as as soon as I finish my last thing for Friday night football, because we got playoffs this week. As soon as that's over, I did this last time too. I like left the football stadium and like I was walking out and I was like, fierce tomorrow. Like time to start thinking about MMA because, oh. Time to start thinking. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. All right. Well, we'll let you guys get out of here. Zach and I will be back at 4.15 this afternoon with uh, Mike Jones um, doing another fighter spotlight interview. We'll try to, maybe we can try to get in a couple more this week for some, some of these fierce challenger guys that are fighting this weekend. Um. But yeah, we'll we'll be back this afternoon. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Blake, thank you for joining me today. Since, thank since you, Zach's man. been a busy man, and I will hopefully see you tonight. I've been working on some stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. Working on some stuff, Blake. I believe it. you. You're strong, <laughs> as, you're strong as they come, Jason. I, I, oh, I'll say that first and foremost. I'm always injured. It's all right. <laughs> you'll, you'll heal up. You'll heal up, and then you'll get right back to kicking my butt. 
We'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in. We out.